Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Mavericks for Wednesday, December 21st. It is a game day, and we are brought to you by SeatGeek, per usual. Uh, SeatGeek is the uh, the best online ticket broker for your dollar. They save you time. They gather up all the tickets. They put them in one spot for you so you don't spend you know, a half hour to an hour surfing around with different tabs open as prices are actively changing in front of you whenever you hit refresh. No, no, no. They put them in the one spot for you so you know the score. You know what's going on. They'll grade the seat for you. A green seat will be a, a good-valued seat. A, uh, a red seat will be a bad-value seat. Um, so they take that out of the equation for you as well. If you want to go see uh, maybe the Cotton Bowl Classic on January 2nd, maybe Cowboys uh, hosting the Lions this Monday, maybe Justin Bieber in July. Those are already on sale. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers in January, Bruno Mars in October, and the Book of Mormon those tickets are up there, and I'm going this Saturday. You're going next Friday. I think Saroy's going next Tuesday. Uh, you should get those through uh, SeatGeek, and uh, I can save you a little bit of money while you're doing it. If you download the SeatGeek app, you hit the Me tab. That'll be in the bottom right of your screen. There should be a bar that says Enter Promo Code. Guess what? You're going to enter a promo code, and it's going to be the promo code LOMAVS, as in Locked On Mavs. And that'll save you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase via the app. And they'll send you the rebate either through your Venmo or they'll mail you a check. And there you go, 20 bucks off the top. Save you some money on some tickets. Uh, my name is Mike Marshall. You can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow the show at Locked on Mavs. He is Jacob Kemp. You can hear him this week, all this week, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. You can follow him at NotJackKemp on Twitter. How you doing, pal? Awesome. It's Have 11 s- o'clock in the morning, and I've been up for eight hours. <laughs> Have you slipped into, like, lawnmower man mode yet? I got, I got like, three or four competing modes at once. No, oh, no. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough time, but, you know, it's part of it, man. Yeah, it's good. exactly. That's it's December. Let's talk, talk in sports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's December for, uh, for underlings. This is, uh, I ain't complaining, even though I just got done complaining. No. That's been washing the record because you you backed it up with a with a just saying. So, right. Um, all right, we got a couple of things to get to today. Um, Mavs do play the Trailblazers. They're floundering. If you didn't know that, three and seven in their last ten because of their defense. And there's not a ton else to say about uh, them. I might play for you at the end of this, uh, just for you, the audience. I might play for you the audio of Boogie getting fake ejected last night, and then running back onto the court. Uh, I figured that'd be a funny way to to tag out. But um, Dirk Nowitzki very well could return tonight. 
for the late night 9 p.m. game in in Portland. His first game since, let me see, it's been, he only played two games in the season, I think. Um, or only started two and then uh, was floundering around for a little bit. But Dirk's return is imminent. If it's not tonight, then it'll probably be the next game. J.J. Barea just got back. And I know Bogut is a um, beginning-of-the-year type proposition. Um, let's see. Dirk's first game since November 25th against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That is m- almost a month. He missed uh, – let's see. He played the two – played against Pacers, missed two, played two, missed – what is this? Seven games, played two, and now he's missed uh, north of ten games. So a very off-and-on glitchy season for Dirk. But what pops into my mind whenever these guys start returning and whenever the Mavericks get back to full strength, their, their optimum constructed starting lineup is that that starting lineup is honestly too good to be a tanking team. Um, if you have Darren, Wes, uh, Harrison Barnes, Dirk, and Bogut in your full complement of bench players, that's probably a 40, around about a 40-win team, right? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, if after the 28 that they've played, if Dirk had played 24, I could pretty easily sell myself on them being like uh, 13 and 15. Yeah. And that would yeah. right now have them basically in eighth in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of conservative. Yeah, I think so, like too. I was, was going to say, like, 15 wins, maybe. Okay, you're talking about he's played five. They've played 28. So, in the 23 games he hasn't played, I don't know. I guess that they'd probably have won about five of those. Mm-hmm. It's not hard for me to imagine them winning 10. Yeah. And that doesn't seem odd at all. And the other component of this is, and I hate, when bringing up schedule or injury, when you're trying to analyze and project for the future, when people are like, well, that's an excuse. Well, I'm not, I'm not looking at whether or not they have excuses. I'm looking at whether or not over the, over the course of the year, you play almost everyone's schedule levels out. It's not mm-hmm. exactly the same, but if you break off one quarter, one third or one half portions of the season, there are going to be parts where your schedule is going to be harder than others. And right now they have played far and away the hardest schedule in the NBA. Yeah. So if you go seven and 21 and you think you might be a 12 or 13 win team right now, if you played just Dirk, if you take that team that would have been, let's say 13 and 15 against the hardest schedule in the NBA, and then you project them out against they're not going to start playing an average schedule. At one point, they're going to play a very easy schedule. Yeah, in January, there's a lot of wins. It's going to balance back. So if a team that you think would have been, you know, 12 and uh, 12 and 19 or 13 uh, or 12 and 7, whatever, they're a 12 or 13, they're about a 40 to 45% win, win percentage against the hardest stretch of their schedule. Mm-hmm. I got news. They're going to go 50% against a large part of their schedule. And if they go 50%, yep. They're going to end up ninth or tenth in the Western Conference. Yep, and yeah. that and it's it, it's not even going to be ninth or tenth in the Western Conference where it's like a few years ago where that means they have fifty wins. But it doesn't matter if mm. you're if you're it, all that matters is how you stack up against the other teams. Exactly, so it's not the same strength, but it it's just uh, contingent on this year. 
Right. And so if if it ends up that they're that 30 31 wins means that you end up having seven or eight teams worse than you, that is literally the worst thing that could happen to this season. Yeah, I completely agree. And right now they're starting um well since Bogut's been out and since, you know, they've been in this situation, they're starting games at such a disadvantage because they're allowing people to bomb them from three at a 40% clip, and they're also spotting the other team 10-plus rebounds a game. Well, you slide Dirk in there, Harrison Barnes slides back to the three for a collective, you know, a chunk of minutes, and you don't have to start, you don't have to be rolling out two-point guard lineups, and you can defend the three-point line better, and then Bogut gets back, and that fixes your rebounding, and then all of a sudden, you're just like an okay team, and Honestly, as a Mavericks fan, I don't want them to be an okay team at any point in this season because there are 43 games left. Um, or is it 53? 43. Uh, 53. 53 games left of the season. 54. 54 games left of the season. And if you win half of those, that's pretty easy to do. That's north of 25 wins for the rest of the season. I know 538 has them projected at 28 wins overall. But if they win half their games, they'll be north of that. And I think they need to get out in front of the train. And Dirk's probably waited as long as he's willing to wait to come back. So I think that's off the table in terms of, hey, big fella, take a seat. But they need to get active in moving Darren Williams. They need to get very active in moving Andrew Bogut because you can't be a 30-plus win team. It just can't happen. That will ruin your the jump start that you have laid in front of you for a rebuild. And I don't have time for that. I ain't got time for 30-plus wins this year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You've been dealt a really bad hand, and now you have to make the, the best of it. And that means going through a really um, – just a tough process. And I can't, I can't live with 30-plus wins this year. No, it's, not, I mean, it's not in me. Especially when if you look at the standings – who else is going to get north of 30? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I mean, the, the Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Suns are not getting better. No, they aren't at all. They're not getting better. And, again, those are teams that haven't played the schedule that the Mavericks have. I don't have the full strength of schedule in front of me. I could find it. But mm-hmm. I know that the gap separating Dallas and the second team is something like uh, – is the same size of the gap separating uh, 2 and 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – Far and away. So it, I'm not even necessarily saying that I think the Mavericks – I think I just – I'm trying to guard against this because I think a lot of people will hear people like us who are big-time fans of the team say this, and they're like, you're just making excuses for them. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell you that they're going to end up winning some of these games, and I don't want them to. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a matter of, like, pumping them up. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of that <laughs> – I don't know, man. I'm, I'm. Let's see here. Right now, they Phoenix are. Phoenix is 27th, right, in strength Port- of schedule thus far. Yeah, uh, I see. Portland's played a pretty hard schedule. They're second to Dallas, so that's help. That helps. New Orleans has played the sixth hardest. Minnesota's played the fifth hardest. Uh, let's see. They have the Suns at 24 on B ref. So okay. Those top four or five, that might be the most encouraging thing, is that those teams are going to start banking wins as well because they're all up there. But again, the difference between Dallas and the second uh, team is the same as between the second team and the 12th team. Yeah. That's how bad it's been. And you need to keep an eye on the Lakers too 
They're one and nine in their last ten, as if they just remembered their pick goes away if they don't have a top three pick. They've played a pretty <laughs> tough schedule as well, but you're right. Like they, yeah. they have an incentive to lose as well. And the Pelicans, man. Um, I know Anthony Davis hasn't missed an extended amount of time, but he's left about three or four games already. And I yeah. just feel I feel like that lengthy injury is like one weird play away from Anthony Davis missing a month, and then the Pelicans go two and fifteen over that month. So let's, um, let, let's get to if they move them real quick, because I know we don't want to make this super long. And also, we can do this literally every day since none of their games all that much matter. Right. I, someone floated me, to me the idea that they think that Boston would give Dallas a late, for, like their own first, which is going to be pretty late for Bogut. That feels like that's quite, done. That feels like quite the bounty to me. I don't know why the Celtics would do that. Uh, no one, idea. For, 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 for half a season of Bogut? Yeah, that's done. And, that's I, done and dusted. I think you're not. I don't think you're getting anything more than a second for Bogut personally. I don't either. And people are probably looking at it from the lens of, oh, the Celtics probably don't want another late first round pick on their roster because they honestly are running out of space at this point, um, and that they're going to have the basically the first, second, or third overall pick because they still have the Nets pick. Yep. Um, but that doesn't devalue the asset to me. Because you have better assets, that doesn't make your third best asset any different to me. Um, and that'd be, I think that'd be pretty foolish from the Celtics. And if they'd say yes on that, like, Bogut is gone quicker than, like, he'll be gone by this afternoon. <laughs> Sorry. Like, thanks for, thanks for choosing us over Houston, but here you go. Go play for somebody that has a chance of competing for the Eastern Conference Championship, and I'll take that late first. <laughs> they, owe, they own Minnesota's second-round pick in 2017. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, that does, for sure. Like Because they've also got a couple other ones coming in. And I know you're saying other assets shouldn't devalue, but that gets a little different once you get to the second round. Yeah, exactly. So I, I could see them giving you Minnesota's second-round pick, which might be – it would be top 40. Yeah. And I think that's about all you're going to get for Bogut. And I think you've got to be happy with that. Now, and, you, will, and you'd get a trade exception back, too, I think, if, yeah, you, move, that's if right. you move Bogut. I don't, I don't have any idea what the market for Darren Williams is. No idea. I think he's pretty valuable. Like he's he's playing pretty well. He's playing awesome right now, man. Like I think I don't know like I don't know if you could get what his actual value is, you know what I mean? Because I think he could be a legit difference maker on one of these teams that is like sorely lacking uh in on their bench in the backcourt in terms of like Oklahoma City. Whenever Russell Westbrook comes off the court and they roll uh Samaje Christian out there, they're like a negative 20. It's insane. Um, there's a handful of teams that I could look at. I mean, uh, Memphis, I mean, I'm talking about teams that are in the in the West because I know them better, obviously, but um, I think there's going to be somewhat of a market for Darren. The thing is, he can, he can say no to a trade because he's got, I think, full bird rights or something like that, but I don't think he'd be too much of a prickly pair if you're sending him to a team that has a chance of being, you know, top eight to ten team in the league at the end of the season. That's yeah, one. It's it's also for three months. Yeah, Four exactly. Months, you know, well, six months, whatever. But it ain't like you're trading him, trading his career. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I think there's a lot of teams. He could fit in almost anywhere with his uh, shooting ability and being able to play off ball. So if they could get both them moved and still – you know, Dirk still comes back. He plays two out of every three games, and he plays pretty well, enough to convince himself that he can play next year. 
The really interesting part is still what they do with this pick. And we've talked this thing to death, and we continue, we will continue to do so. And I'm kind of even putting on Noel hold on talk. We did it this yeah. morning on the uh, or on a moratorium. We did it this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people think I'm crazy for thinking that they could even get a lottery pick for him. I think maybe if you scale it back to top 10 protected instead of top five, I think – I think if, if if you have a problem with giving up a, a 2018 pick that ends up being like the 11th overall pick for Nerlens Noel, like I just I I would do that right now. And I, and I think I know that a lot of people are scared of the guy because of his attitude or whatever. But right. his attitude is such that he's having to play eight, eight. minutes a night on a <laughs> right. team that sucks. I mean, I would I get why the guy's frustrated. And I don't know. I I would take a chance on that if if there was a certain level of protections on them. Yeah, I so, think. Honestly, if you're not uh, in any kind of way of um, approval of that kind of deal for Noel, then we're talking about a different league, and we're talking about a different game. Because from me, you and myself uh, know the price of poker for a young player, and we know the Mavericks are not going to be in the market for a, a A-level uh, free agent, and that's just how it works right now. You have to bet on upside if you're the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. And so in that situation with the protection, I still get to keep my pick. And we all know that you're really not getting back into the mix of a top five to eight team unless you hit hard on one of those guys. Yep. Whether it's Ball. I know a lot of people are falling in love with Malik Monk. Yeah. Um, Whoever it is, that's for a later day. But uh Jonathan Sharks had an article on uh, The Ringer the other day mm-hmm. looking at all the teams that have too many big men. I mean, we just saw what happened the other night with Denver. Yeah. I mean, Yusuf Nurkic got a DNP because Nikola Jokic was filling it up. And he's better. These, te- these, <laughs> teams, these teams that have drafted, uh, they've just kind of drafted haphazardly, not even treating basketball players like players, but more like this guy just does these things. And now they're, those teams are trying to get good. They're like, well – Crap, yep. I've got a lot of guys who do the same exact thing as one another. And like we, it's like I said, we've talked Noel to death. I think he's more likely to be moved than Okafor, but I would, I'd be interested in Okafor as well. I just yeah. don't really know that as a five defensively, you could get by, but. Sure. Uh, Denver, for example, I'm not giving you a first for, uh, you know, a, a top 10 pick for Nurkic, but I think Nurkic is going to be a starting center for someone. Oh, for sure. In the NBA for his career. So, yeah. I don't know what the what the value is. I mean, I would <laughs> I'd probably give you a pick somewhere near the twenty. If I had like the twentieth pick, I would move it for Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, I think of course, I, I, I would because per thirty six, you're talking about a twenty two year old who goes seventeen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. I can deal with that. Yeah, I mean, he's a seven foot guy who can get to the rim. He can roll to the rim. I'm not giving you top ten protected, but if it's like. I don't know, man. I, if, if you're able to somehow swing a late first for Bogut, I'm, I have no problem sending that to them in the offseason for Nurkic. Absolutely And the thing not. to keep in mind with all these teams, if you have too many big men and you have to move one, your leverage is lacking. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of these teams are following the same blueprint, and they did it at the same exact time of take really talented young big men, and then, you know, we'll be able to trade them. We'll be able to flip them at some point. It's almost like drafting like too many quarterbacks in fantasy football or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you're like, you're like, oh, I w- I'll be able to move this guy. And then four other, your four or five other teams actually did the same exact crap. And you're like, oh no, the market is kind of flooded. <laughs> yeah. 
That, they bring up Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn yep. ha, is playing 23 minutes a night, but he's only started nine of 26 games as they brought in uh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson, yeah. Uh, they they draft two front court players in this year's lottery in uh, Bender and Chris Marquise and Chris. Yeah. So, I mean, Alex Lynn is a guy that a couple years ago I thought was going to end up being a top 10-ish type center. I mean, again, yeah. per 36 last year, uh, you've got Alex Lynn at 14 points and 12 rebounds. Yeah. I think the problem is there are 15 top 10 centers. Or That's, guys that can become it. Yeah, or guys that have the potential. Because Alex Lynn does not fit with their style at all. And I don't even think Tyson does outside no. of he's probably a better screen setter. He would have um, fit with their style if he was playing with Aldridge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think Alex Lynn – like I've watched a couple of their games because they've been swimming through um, – some of the teams in the West, and namely the the Thunder and the Pelicans. And Alex Lynn is good when he's on the court. He just doesn't fit with the rest of that. He doesn't fit in that house. Like, it's just weird. But it's a team that's rebuilding that is right now uh, only one win better than you. Yeah. Yet, they, yet they've got a, a freaking lottery pick sitting on the bench for an old-ass center who is not very good anymore. No. I mean, I don't know. What was his – Alex Lynn was drafted like sixth or seventh overall. I think. He was fifth. Fifth overall. Fifth overall. And the, guy, and the guy can't really get, you know, regular burn because yeah. they got in their own way. So that's a team. The other one he brings up, I mean, I guess before we move on, Alex Lynn, I put him above Yusuf Nurkic. As do I. As do uh, I. He's, he's not unprotected, like our top five protection, but I'd, I'd move some assets. Like I'd give you a 20th overall pick in like Justin Anderson or something. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Especially if I can, uh, the second coming, Dorian Finney-Smith can help use my, uh, uh, he brings up the Magic. Right. As another team that has a number of bigs. They make the move for Serge Ibaka this year, which, you know, seemed like a move that kind of worked out for, for both teams, but. They gave um, up too much, <laughs> quite honestly. Oladipo and Sabonis is just a little too much. Did they even get a pick back for that? Like, I don't know. I don't recall. That was a. Dumb trade. I'm sorry, Orlando. And it's funny whenever you trade to a bad team and the things don't work out on this bad team because they're a bad team. Yeah. That it, lo- it looks like you just like got swamped on a trade, but this was just on paper when I saw it. I was like, ooh, ooh, uh-uh. <laughs> and then they signed Biombo. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. They've got Biombo. They signed Jeff Green. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon and Abaka. I don't know, man. It, it, they, they're, now they're having to bring v, uh, Vucevic off the bench. Yeah. And that's a guy that it, two years ago, I would have told you he was a top 20 NBA player. Yeah. Just because he had numbers that were just through the roof. Yeah, he was nuts, man. His first, on, like, three, four years. On any given night, it looked like he could just take over the game in the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, the, he's, now, now he comes off the bench. And I think they've already paid him, too. Right. You want to have, like, I think the Mavericks have actually been really smart in this. You want to have depth um, in your front court but you don't want to have too much because those guys can't share the court together. Right. Um, whenever you, different, you can play a three-guard lineup all day exactly, if you want to. Exactly. And those guys have skills that um, if they do overlap each other, it doesn't necessarily matter. But you roll out three centers out there and your spacing is jacked. You don't have a roll man. Like, it just doesn't work. And I understand, like, gobbling up assets. It's just these teams, like, Orlando has no excuse for what they've done. Like, zero excuse. 
In 2014-2015, Vucevic, in 34 minutes a game, was scoring 19 and uh, had 11 rebounds. That's not Damn. per 36. That's his, his raw yeah. numbers. You know, decent guy from the line for a big. So that's another guy that, I mean, I don't, I'm less interested now because he's about to be 27. But I think they're going to have to move him. Mm-hmm. So that- I, I don't – I'm not totally sold on him being a – him having the defensive prowess to, right? I don't know. He's I don't a think I'd player. I don't think I'd want to pay the cost that they'd be asking for Vucevic. Honestly, right? Like I'd, I'd rather pay for Alex Lynn, um, just on sheer, Upside. yeah, sheer guesstimation of what they to be, what the ransom would be, cost. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing he brings up is the Bucks, who have Miles Plumlee, Greg Monroe, and John Henson, not to mention Thon Maker, right? Uh, and you know, right now they've got Greg Monroe playing 19 minutes a night. <laughs> um, you know, they've John Henson mostly starts, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Monroe hasn't started any games at all. They've started Plumlee at nine games. He's playing 11 minutes a night. They're going to have to move one of those guys for sure. Um, that's $40 million allocated to their center position and they're getting very little from it. Right. Yeah. No, they're, they've just made some bad moves. Like, they're not even, like, uber-talented like the Magic group of big men are. Um, like, I don't know where John Henson fits in. I don't know where Greg Monroe fits in. And I don't know what the hell you do with Miles Plumley. Like, I don't – I haven't seen them on other teams in a while. And I know Greg Monroe was pretty special in Detroit for uh, for stretches there. And I really liked him his first couple seasons. And then he stopped playing defense. And I – they're probably just going to have to let that one die in the vine. Like, I don't see how they get out of that. Well, they're not going to get out of it for anything approaching what they think they're going to, what they, you know, with the value out of it. Right. I like Henson, but that seems like the guy they would keep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And and then you just kind of bring Thawne Maker along, so. Right. <sighs> this is why I am intrigued by the idea of the Mavericks using this year's pick whether no whether they whether they get into involved into a trade situation or not, I don't want them conveying this pick unless it's for Boogie with anything less than a top or more, however you'd state it, within a top five protection on it. Right. If yep. I might even go up to like seven. Mm-hmm. If the Mavericks end up with a top seven pick, I want them making that pick. But I also think that given the fact that they have Barnes and Matthews on the roster. And given the fact that Dirk might be able to play and play decently, especially if you can find the right role for him next year, I would like to move either the next year's pick or however you want to work it to go get a big to go with your point guard that you pick this year. And next year, those guys are on the court together. Yeah. I feel like the market is there. The market is there on both fronts, the, the point guard draft and the big man trade market. It feels like it's lining up for them to where there's a path to where they could get back quicker than usually you have to be given the uh, strikeouts they've had. Yeah, and it's because of this this glut of, of big men, everyone following the same blueprint for about five years, and now they're all standing there waiting for, um, you know, to cash out, and there are only so many, you know, tellers open. Like, you can't you can't cash out if someone's not standing there waiting to give you money. Um and luckily for the Mavericks, they're in this spot because the free agency market for centers this offseason, it ain't great. Um, I think Serge Ibaka might be the closest thing to a quote-unquote, you know, 
closest approximate to approximation to a center that's going to be out there that's a game-changing player and it actually this offseason this draft and the situation that these teams have put themselves in kind of pans out perfect for the Mavericks for a to skip a couple steps on a rebuild that most teams wouldn't be able to totally agree I mean I I I think if you look at their roster you look at the other teams that are around them uh in wins the 76ers have paid no one right um it's just not that common for a team that ends up with a top five pick to have two guys in their prime playing really well that they've paid because yeah. those most teams that are drafting that high want to play as many young players and save their money. The Mavericks kind of owe it to themselves to try to get tricky with this and not just say, Mah, well, you know, if, it's a, if this takes three or four years before we're even slightly relevant again, so be it. That's part of it because Harrison Barnes will be 28 or 29 and Wes Matthews will be on a different team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all I got, Mike. <laughs> all right. Well, let's watch the uh, Trailblazers tonight at 9, late night game, uh, and see if they can correct themselves after they won one of their last eight games and their defense is just cratering. Um, that's the, a team looking at a breakup as well. Yeah, dude. They are not long for this thing, quite honestly. I mean, they've made a lot of stupid signings and Evan Turner and bringing back Myers Leonard. And uh, they've got a mess. Like, this current construction of the Trailblazers ain't going to cut it, bro. I could see a huge trade for them or something happening. I mean, they're a bogut destination as well. So uh, we'll watch that tonight and watch them probably uh, get correct against the Mavericks, as most teams do. And hopefully Dirk returns because I like watching uh, our little buddy play basketball. But um, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And, Jacob, thank you for your time. Good times. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.